0: on greater impact church i greet you guys in the name and love of our lord and savior jesus christ i pray that you guys have had a blessed and impactful week and i trust and have faith in the lord that you did do me a favor say to your neighbor neighbor it is so good to see you do me another favor say to your other neighbor neighbor it's about to get real glory to god Well, as always, church, it is definitely a blessing, honor, and privilege of mine to be here before you guys on tonight as we get ready to go forth into the Word of God and as we get ready to go even deeper into the presence of God. Now, I know Pastor Laura opened this up in prayer, but as always, I would like for us to open up in prayer as well uh, so that way that God continues to prepare and soften our hearts for the forthcoming of His Word. So would you join me once more in prayer? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come humbled and grateful before your throne of grace on tonight. Father, first and foremost, we just thank you. We thank you for every person that you have led here tonight, O God. We thank you for your word that you have set apart for us, O God, to share with us. And we thank you you overall, Father, for that impact that it will have in the hearts and lives of all your people that hear and receive from it. Father God, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your knowledge and your understanding. We thank you for sending us Jesus, your son, to show us the way to life. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for willingly coming down to this life to show us the way to eternity, the way to the Father, but also thank you for laying down your life that we may have it more abundantly and eternally. Father God, we thank you for your presence which is already upon us. And we thank you, Father, for getting us here to this place of worship and for strengthening us and leading us and guiding us through last week, helping us to overcome any attack of the enemy, helping us to overcome any, strugg- struggle or, um, any struggle or any hardship that we may have come across. Father, we have so many things to be grateful and thankful for, but Father, we just give you all the praise. We give you all the glory and honor because you and you alone Lord, are worthy of all praise. Father, there is none other like you. And so, Father, we bless you. We glorify you. We honor you, not just because of what you've done or what you can do, but just because of who you are, because of who you are is enough for us. Father, we pray in agreement that you bless our time together tonight, that you lead us and guide us even further through your spirit into your presence, and that you will lead and guide us in your word as only you can, O God. And as always, I pray that I would decrease, that you may increase, and that I would not be heard, but only you would be heard, speaking, ministering, and proclaiming your word within me and through me. Father, prepare and soften our hearts tonight, O God, that we may be fully receptive to your word and the the things of God, and open our ears and our eyes spiritually, that we may hear your voice in ways that we've never been able to do so before, and that we may be able to behold your glory in ways that we've never been able to do so before father draw our hearts closer to you help us to walk closer to you father help us to be true men and women of god and so father we give this time up into your hands we receive these things by faith and we ask and pray it all in the mighty name of jesus christ of nazareth who has taught us to pray and the people of god said amen amen and amen well, Church, we are going into tonight the second uh, message in our series called TikTok, or titled TikTok. Um, and for those of you that may not have been with us last week, maybe this is your first time with us, um, or maybe this is, uh, you just weren't, you are normally with us, but you weren't able to be with us on last Sunday. So whatever your situation, um, TikTok is not based off the app, I promise you. Um, Say to your neighbor in the chat, neighbor, it is not about the app, but it is all about Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. So yes, it is not about the TikTok app. Um, God wants to teach us in this series um, how to manage our time effectively and efficiently and to be more conscious of the time that we that we have on the earth, right? So that's basically the entire premise of this series that God has Uh, given to us. Um, Just to kind of recap, last week we talked about the scale of time. And in last week's message, we talked about the severity of making an even amount of time, or if not a little bit more time for God than everything else. We talked about in last week's message how oftentimes we make time for everyone and everything else, but yet we leave God out the midst of it. And even then, when we do make time for God, we end up complaining about the time that we done spent with God, or we spent too much time with God, or you know something along the lines of that. Um, tonight's message is picking up where we left off last week. Um, it is not a continuation of last week, but it is picking up basically where we left off in a, in a sense. Before I give you guys my title tonight, would you do me a favor and open your Bibles to the New Testament? We're going to be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 16. Again, that is the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 16. Now, keep in mind, you that I read from the ESV version of the Holy Bible, that is the English Standard Version, However, you may use whatever translation that best suits you or that you are able to best comprehend and understand. But again, we're reading from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 16. Once you get there, please follow along. But for the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and begin to read. The Word of God says, Making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Making the best use of time. Because the days are evil. Amen. Amen and amen. See, Jesus informed us what would take place leading up to his return to the earth. See, the disciples of Jesus, when they, when Jesus would prophesy things that he was going to die, that he was going to be betrayed into the hands of sinners, but God would raise him on the third day. They could not see past the death to the resurrection. I say that again. They could not see past the death to the resurrection because the only thing they could focus on in that moment was the fact that he had to die. And so because these people, even though in some situations you wouldn't be able to tell it, but they did develop a really close relationship with Jesus and they really did love him and they were troubled by the fact that he was about to be slaughtered for not just their sins, but for the sins of humanity. It is in a way, a bittersweet thing because, you know, if Jesus never went to the cross, our sins would still be on us. And we would still be in a situation to where they were in uh, 2000 some years ago before God sent his son into the world uh, to die for our sins and to take His our sins upon himself. So, it's good that Jesus came for that reason, and even the angel Gabriel, when he came to Mary when she was a young woman and and, and told her that the uh, the Lord was going to fill her womb with the Holy Spirit, and she would conceive a child that she, even though she didn't lay with a man, she was going to conceive a child. Though she be a virgin, she was going to conceive a child, her firstborn, and they were to call him Jesus Emmanuel, God who is with us, but the angel Gabriel had told Mary, he gave her a fair and stern warning. He said that your babe will die. He he will not be an ordinary child. He will go, uh, he will be, um, he will go to the cross. He didn't say the cross specifically, but he basically said that he would go to the slaughter. He would go to um, lay his life down for our sake. And so um, Mary had a fair and stern warning from the very beginning when God began to fill her womb and conceive her womb with his Holy Spirit. And we have prior in the Old Testament warnings from the prophets, especially by Isaiah, of the coming promise of God, the fulfillment of God's promise by sending his only begotten son into the world to show us the way to eternity and for him to lay down his life that we may have it more abundantly and eternally. But they became so troubled because of what was about to occur. But then Jesus, they, they asked Jesus up front. They was like, well, Lord, what would signal your return? Because Jesus also told him that even though he does go to the cross and he would raise from the grave, he would come back to the earth again after his resurrection. So they asked him, they said, but Lord, what would signal your return? This is in the Gospel of Matthew, I believe, towards the latter chap- the later chapters. They said, well, what would signal your return? And he says, there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be earthquakes and famines and pestilences. Um, you know, there will be divisions amongst you. There will be divisions in your households. There will be division, period, in the land. And yet... He said when these things happen, these are just the beginning of the birth pains. But then he talks about in later chapters, he talks about later uh, gospels and of course revelations, he begins to talk about the Antichrist and the uh, new world order or a new government establishment that has never been seen in the earth in all of its years of existence. And he talks about how evil and corrupt that will be. And he gives us Stern's instructions that when we see these things happen, to run for the hills, to hide ourselves. So Jesus informs us what would take place leading up to his return. The return where he comes back to the earth and calls us home to himself. Where the dead are gone to meet Jesus in the air first, and then we are caught up to meet them secondly. And then we reign with Jesus for over a thousand, I believe it was a thousand years in the kingdom of God. And then we come back to the earth again for one last battle against good and evil. And just a spoiler, uh, good wins. So it says these things consisted, um, we talked about that, I'm sorry. Um, Each day has something new added to it. Each day has something new added to it. Going back to our scripture in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 16, it says, it says, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Don't you understand that the world that we live in is very corrupt? It is very evil. Uh, By the events that you see on the news, By the events that you hear on the radio and by the events that you see for yourselves on the streets or even in businesses and corporations, each day has something new added to it. And the enemy intends it for evil, but the good thing is that God can take what the enemy intends for evil and turn it around for our good. But it's up to us. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, it's up to you. Say to your neighbor in the chat, neighbor, it's up to you. It's up to you. Each day has something new added to it, but it's up to you what you want to do with it. Do you want to give in to the temptation to sin? Do you want to give in to the temptation to do what the enemy wants you to do? Do you want to give in to the temptation to cry, to moan, and complain? Or do you want to take the authority and the access that God has given you in his word and stand firm upon that promise, stand firm upon that revelation, stand firm upon the spirit of God and speak against the things of this world, to speak against the systems of this world, to speak against the things of this enemy. So yes, each day has something new added to it, but you have the authority, you have the decision in Jesus Christ to do something good with it. Amen. We have two choices, church. We have two choices in our lives as Christians. One, we can either be effective with the time that God has given us on the earth. Or two, we can be unaffected with the time that God has given us on the earth. If we are going to just sit and cry and complain and not do anything with what we see, then we're not being effective. We're being unaffected. You have the power, you have the authority, you have the access through Jesus Christ to rebuke things in which are not like God. You have the authority, you have the power, according to the word of God, to speak things as though they were and they shall become. You have the authority and the access in God that if something evil comes across your path, that you can rebuke it and it will have to leave you. It has to leave you. See, this is the thing. We tolerate sin. We tolerate the enemy. We tolerate the evil things of this world. My encouragement to you today, church, is stop tolerating it. Stop tolerating it. If you see something that is unjust, speak against it in the name of Jesus Christ. If you see something amongst the people of God that isn't right, speak against it and love and let God do what he intends to do. Because going back to Ephesians five sixteen, the days are evil. The time that we're in is evil. And yes, every day there will be something different. Every day there will be something new. Every day you turn on your TV, I promise you, there's going to be a new threat. Every day that you turn on the radio, I promise you, there is going to be another story that does not sit well with the people of God. But the people of God in this hour have to rise up like never before. For and allow God to use them to the fullest capacity that people may hear the truth and be saved. My God, my God, church, can we get back to being that community, that church that God intended us to be? Can we get the body of Christ? Can we get the church back to being that church that is modeled after the early church, the first church in the book of Acts? My God, Because in the book of Acts, it says that when the word of truth would go forward, people would respond, people would get saved, and they would become a part of the community. It says that when they would speak the truth, about a thousand some people were added to them daily. My God, can we get back to the place where we allow God to speak truth in us and through us and live and model model out that truth in every way, in any way? imaginable and possible. Glory to God. Glory to God. God holds us accountable with how we manage our time. Time is even from God. God holds us accountable, church, to how effective or ineffective we are with our time. You're not here on this earth for yourself. And if you think that Then you are deceiving yourself or you've allowed something or someone to deceive you. But that's not God. The word of God clearly tells us that every man and every woman under heaven has been created for a reason that they have been created for a purpose. God does not just create things, even the animals that walk the land, even the birds that fly the air. He does not just create things to create them. He creates them with purpose. And you, my brother, you, my sister, have a purpose. And that purpose is rooted in the identity of Jesus Christ, the DNA of Jesus Christ. So God holds us accountable to how effective we are with utilizing or not utilizing our time properly. We got to break that mindset that time is not from God because God is eternity doesn't mean that he doesn't value time. Because see, time, going back to what I said last week, time tells us that there is an expiration date. Anything that has a time stamp on it says that it is going to expire at at a certain time and point in life. And even though God is an eternity, And in eternity, there is no time. God still wants us to utilize our time effectively and efficiently on the earth. So if you are currently in that mindset that because God exists in eternity, you also have to have the revelation and understanding that he also exists in time. And with that being said, God has given you a certain amount of time on this earth to achieve a certain goal, to achieve a certain purpose. And either you're left with the option of being effective or unaffected. But ultimately, the choice and decision is ours. Amen. My message title for tonight is, is titled Time Strategy. My message title tonight is Time Strategy. See, if we're going to be effective for God, <coughs> excuse me, we got to strategize. You got to strategize. Say that to your neighbor in the chat. You got to strategize. You got to strategize. Amen. If we're not willing to strategize our time, then we can't say that we're willing to be effective. If we truly want to be effective, we got to, of course, as I said, break that mindset of time and and understand that even God exists in time. And we also have to understand that we have to have a strategy regarding our time so that we can get the best use of or make the best use of the time that God has given to us on the earth. Do me a favor, turn your Bibles open with me once more to the book of James. This is in the New Testament as well. Um, so again, it's the book of James, and we're going to be reading from chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. Again, that's the book of James, chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. And the word of God says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go in such, uh, go into such and such a town, and spend a year there and trade and make profit yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring what is your life for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes instead you ought to say if the lord wills we will live and do this or that amen amen identifying your strategy identify or identifying your strategy, James tells us that basically we should not make decisions on our own accord. We shouldn't make plans on our own accord, but we should do so with consulting with God first, as he says, "If it be the if it be God's will, then let it be so." Uh, paraphrasing uh, pretty much. So we first and foremost we have to stop trying to do things on our own accord and start seeking and consulting with God in prayer and through his word. And sometimes this requires fasting as well. Remember, Jesus made us a promise. He made statements and even God in the Old Testament made statements such such as this. If you seek me diligently, you will find me. Seek me with the whole heart and you will Find me. Fasting and prayer is where it allows us to really press in and seek after God while denying our flesh those worldly desires. While denying our flesh the worldly things, we can press in or utilize that time even more to spend time with God, to really press in and show God how serious we are regarding a certain matter, regarding a certain task, or regarding a certain thing that he may have shared with us a while ago, or maybe recent. So sometimes it requires fasting. And then Jesus tells us in the, in the Gospels, he says that when we fast, that we shouldn't make ourselves look as if we're fasting with our hair all messed up and our beards all super long and our face disheveled. Um, he tells us to get ourselves together, keep yourself together, and act even though it's uh, publicly act as though you're not fasting so that people don't know you're fasting because that is something that is ultimately between you and God. And he says, your father who sees what you do in private will reward you. But he says that if all we are after, all we are looking for is seeking public admiration, he says that that's the only reward that we will receive. So we got to be Um, we got to identify our approach. We got to identify the strategies that we want to take in order to be effective and make the most use out of our time that God has given to us on the earth. The first thing would be to consult with God. As James says, consult with God. You know, Don't make the decision by yourself. Don't make the decision that you're going to a distant land without first consulting with God and seeking God for his direction. Don't make the decision that you're going to start a new career path, or you're going to start a new job without first consulting with God first. Because we perceive that it is something God would want us to do, how would we really know unless we ask him, unless we have that conversation with him? We got to stop basing our conversations off of assumptions. We got to stop basing our decisions as to what we're going to do, where we're going to go, and how we're going to do it, or how long we're going to do it for. We got to stop basing those decisions off of assumptions and start basing them solely off of the facts. Is your relationship with God factual or is it assumptive? Meaning that you make nothing but assumptions. You assume God would want you to do this just because it sounds good. You assume God would want you to do this career because it's something that um, you feel that you need to do. You got to stop basing it off of assumptions and start basing it off of facts. Base it off of your consultation with God and nothing else. Amen. So you got to identify your strategies. You got to identify the type of approach you are going to take with each task, with each thing that needs or requires your attention in your life. So life is very in itself is very fragile. Life in itself church is very fragile. It's very fragile. All right. In order for us to be effective with creating a strategy for our lives, we must first get that revelation within us. Because if you don't realize how fragile life is, you're going to underestimate and undervalue the life that God has given you. Let me give you one more uh, revelation. Your life is consistent of time and time is consistent of your life. Life is consisted of time and time is consisted of your life. That means that you're here one minute and the next minute you're gone. As uh, James said, you're like your life is like a vapor in the wind. You're here today and then tomorrow you're gone within the wind. Church, please hear and understand what I'm saying to you. Your life, as, mu- as, as much as you may feel that you're indestructible, as much as you may feel that your life has no end to The spiritual aspect of that, if you are in Christ, then yes, your life has no end because you are in eternity spiritually with Christ, but your body, the vessel that you reside in on this earth has a timetable. It has an expiration date, and one day, no matter how indestructible you feel, you will pass on to the next life. So you got to get that revelation into your minds and into your hearts that life is very fragile. The worldly life, the life that we have on this earth is here today and gone tomorrow. It's not going to last forever. Say to your neighbor in the chat, neighbor, it's not going to last forever. My God. Life is like a vapor in the wind, church. We are here one minute. We're gone the next. While one's passing from this life may shock us, it does not shock God. Because again, God holds time in his hands. Jesus had told us in the Gospels, he says that, you know, we should not swear by the the hairs on our head. He says, because you can't turn out one white, gray, or a different color. And each day, each, each, each hair on your head is numbered. Meaning that your life is numbered and when your number is called that's it game over you take your last breath on this earth and your next breath is before the judgment seat of god i remember shortly after i came into christianity shortly after i gave my life to christ there was someone who shared a story with me how they had a um a near-death experience and basically, they said that they just felt that they were—they had some kind of sickness or illness. This is on YouTube. Um, I don't remember the name of the video, but I remember watching it a while back ago. And I remember they said that they were on their deathbed, and all they could think about is how they wasted their time that God had given them on the earth how they wasted their time that God had given them on the earth. And they felt even more, they they didn't feel bad because they were dying, but they felt bad because they did not utilize the time that God had given them on the earth. Church, don't let that be you. Don't just sit there and be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm 19, I'm 17. I got my whole life ahead of me. Yes, you do. You have your whole life ahead of you to get married. You have your whole life ahead of you to have children. You have your whole life ahead of you to develop and build a career. But don't keep saying that in the sense of the ways that you that God could use you. Don't use that as an excuse in the sense of, oh, well, God can use me at a later time. No, let God use you today. Let God begin to use you today so that you can be effective and efficient with the time that God has given to you and allowed to you on the earth. Let God put those puzzle pieces in place for you. Amen. Amen and amen. Glory to God. So, while somebody may pass on this earth, shouldn't shock us. It shocks us, but it does not shock God. In order to identify your strategy, you must know what your mission is. In order for you to identify your strategy, you must know what your mission is. Now, most of us, if not all of us at a certain point will have an independent mission from God, but this is not what I'm talking to you about. What I'm talking to you about is achieving and accomplishing the the mission, the common mission, the common goal that God has given to all of his people, to all of his children. Now, let me ask you in the chat, put there, um, if you know exactly what it is, what is the common mission that every Christian has? What is the common mission that every brother or sister in Christ has? according to the word of God from the spirit of God? Does anybody know? What is the common mission? Go ahead, put your answers in the chat. I'll give you a couple seconds to do that. And then I'll give you the answer. Okay. For every man and woman of God, all right? We have a common mission and that is to bring people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have to be a preacher to lead somebody to salvation. You don't have to be a pastor, a minister, an apostle, a bishop, a prophet, whomever, to lead somebody to Christ. All you got to be is a son or daughter of God. All you got to do is be willing and strategize the time that God has given you on the earth to be effective with your evangelism. My God, hear me, church. We gotta stop making excuses as to why we can't do something and get up off our high horse and walk forward and allow God to use us in the ways that He intends to use us. You don't have to go to Bible college and you don't have to be a theologian to be able to understand what the Word of God is saying. You can hear and understand what the Word is saying for yourselves. You just gotta take the time to listen and and you've got to take the time to seek the teachers, uh, the teacher of God. Amen. The teacher, the teacher of the things of God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. You've got to stop allowing yourselves to be stuck in these mindsets that aren't even of God. Yes, going to a Bible college can change your perspective in the sense of dig- digging deeper and, and, and all that good stuff, but it's not required For you to understand what God is saying in his word. You can do that for yourself, my God. My God. So our common mission is to see people come closer to Jesus Christ. Our common mission is to share our faith, to share the word of God with them to share our story, our testimony with them so that they can see God working through us and within us and be inspired and empowered to allow God to do the same within them. My God. Our strategy should be based off of that one simple fact, that one mission that God has given to us all as a people, to see people Connected to Him through Jesus Christ, His Son. Our strategy should be based off of that. That alone. Our strategy is to be our aim. Your strategy is your aim. What is in your sights? What are? What is your target? What are you reaching for? What are you aiming for? Your strategy is to be your focal point, your aim, your target that you are. Willing and wanting to hit. When we keep our focus on God, He will guide us and what to aim for in His timing. And from this time frame to this time frame, God will say, Aim for this. And then from the next time frame to the next time frame, He'll say, Aim for that. So it is very important that we develop that intimacy and that close connection to God so that he can guide and order our steps as it says he will do in the book of uh, Psalms. Glory to God. Are you in a position to where God can show you what to aim for? My God, are you in a position to where you can allow God to come on alongside of you and show you what to reach higher for? What is your aim? Ask your neighbor in the chat. Neighbor, what is your aim? What is your focal point? What is it that God wants you to accomplish in this hour? And if you don't know, that's okay. Because what you don't know today, you can know tomorrow. What you don't know this week, you can know next week. It's all dependent upon you. And it all depends upon what you desire to do. Are you going to seek after God or are you just going to be content with where you are and what you have right now? Those questions shape the answer to how effective or unaffected, we will be. Amen. The closer we walk, the closer we walk to God or with God, the more he reveals to us. The closer you walk with God, the more connected to God you become through Jesus Christ, the more God will begin to reveal to you. The foundation of our strategy is to walk close to to God, to walk as close to God as possible. We do that through prayer. We, through, we do that through application of God's word and study of God's word. We do that By taking the principles in which God teaches us through church and through our personal Bible study and through our corporate Bible study. When we apply those principles and we really press our way to seek God, even when we don't feel like it, we come closer and closer and closer and closer and closer closer to God. But our aim should be to be as closely connected to God as possible. Amen. I say that to say this, know where you are. Say that to your neighbor, then chat. Na- uh, neighbor, know where you are. Know where you are. In other words, know where you are at spiritually. Know where you are at in time. Know where you are at in your level or your percentage of being able to complete a certain task or a certain goal for god know where you are at in this present moment in time with any form of strategic plan you have to be able to properly assess and identify where you are currently from being able to accomplish a goal or completing a plan you have to be, you want to be effective. You got to be able to properly, prayerfully, and willfully assess where you currently are and what your percentage is from being able to accomplish a certain task in that moment. Spiritually, we have to be able to properly assess where we are currently so that we know what area areas of our lives we need more growth in. If you want to be able to identify where you need growth in in your spiritual life, then you need to, of course, you need to properly assess according to God's standard and according to the word of God, where you are with him, where you are in that time frame. Where are you? We can't say that we're strategically utilizing the time that God has given us on the earth if we aren't taking the time to evaluate our spiritual man. How nourished is your spiritual man right now? How nourished are you spiritually? In other words, how much of God's word are you feeding your spirit on a daily basis? Or are you not uh, feeding and taking care of your spiritual man as though you ought to? You want to be able to overcome warfare? Great. Then feed your spiritual man. Feed your spirit. Feed it the word of God. Feed it through prayer. Allow God to heal the wounds of your spirit. Allow God to get you to that place where he intends and needs you to be in this moment. Amen. For the person who chooses not to evaluate their spiritual man, their spiritual life, they will eventually end up getting to a point where they are so far from God, to where they are so isolated from God They have to spend more time getting back to God. Don't let that be you. Seize the opportunities that God puts in front of you to be as closely connected to him as possible. And for some of us, there have been moments where God been tugging at our hearts throughout the week or throughout the day to seek him and call upon his name and to pray to him, but we allowed ourselves to become so wrapped up in something else that we just didn't do it. And then we write it off as, oh, I didn't feel good or I didn't feel like doing it. Did you ever think that sometimes the enemy puts those things in front of you just because he knows that you will give into your flesh more than you give into your spirit? Why not surprise the enemy this year? Why not surprise the enemy and show him that no matter what he puts in front of you, you are going to stand strong with God and God is going to stand strong within you and help you to overcome every test and every obstacle that he can put in front of your path. Because God is more than willing and he is more than capable and able to see uh, to get you past and through those temptations that the enemy puts in front of you. Amen. Even when we hit milestones in our faith, in our spiritual growth, we need to keep aiming higher and higher. Our aim should always be higher and higher. Our reach should be higher and higher. We should never be content with reaching a certain milestone. We should praise God for each milestone we hit, but we should continuously keep our focus higher and higher because we serve a big and majestic God and God gives us big and majestic goals. And the only way for us to... Um, to, to complete them is to do it with God ultimately, but we can't stop reaching. We got to keep reaching higher. Yes, we saw 25 salvations this year. Okay, next year, this year, let's get it to 35. Glory to God, let's get it to 35. Amen. Uh, We've seen over 1,000 people come to church this year. Okay, cool, let's get it to 2,000. My God, we got to reach higher and higher and higher and higher, church. We can never stop reaching Until our number is called and we depart this life and then we stand with God in eternity. Amen. The higher we go, the more effective we become. I say that again. The higher we go, the more effective we become. Lastly, I say this to you. Be ready. Make an impact. Say that to your neighbor in the chat. Neighbor. Be ready, make an impact. Be ready, make an impact. God has so much that he wants to do through us, but sometimes we let fear get in the way of that. See, fear is a a paralyzer. Fear will stop you dead in your tracks and prevent you from accomplishing a God-given task or a God-given purpose. And some of us have allowed fear to get in the way of what God was wanting to do or trying to do in our lives just because it was bigger than what we anticipated. When God want, uh when God presents us, excuse me when God presents us with an opportunity because it is big, we become intimidated. We become intimidated by the size of the purpose, we become intimidated by the size of the mission. And we back away from the direction of God. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you this year. Don't let that be you this week. Don't let that be you this hour. Step up. Take the courageousness that God has instilled on the inside of you. Take the word of God with you and rebuke that fear and trust God. Did you know what Mary said to Gabriel when he came to her? When Gabriel had given her the plan that she was going to conceive a child that was going to be the son of God, the begotten, the only begotten son of God, in her womb, she said, so let it be unto me. That's what she said. That was her response. Well, that's what the Lord will is. Let it be unto me. We got to have that same type of faith that Mary had, that audacious faith that faith that allows us that no matter how big we perceive in ourselves the will of God or the purpose of God to be, we're going to say, well, Lord, if that is what your will is, then let it be unto me. I trust you, God, to bring it into fulfillment. I trust you, Lord, to give me direction and guidance through every step of this process. And just like God did it for Mary, God will also do it for you. Amen. When God presents you with an opportunity that seems bigger than yourself, expect that. Because God is a big and majestic God, and he's going to set big things in front of you because he wants to use you to that capacity. Amen. The word teaches us that we are able, um, that we are to hold on to our sound of mind and rebuke fear. The Bible says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. And of self-control. That means is that you don't have to give in to fear. You can rebuke it. In accordance with the word of God and the spirit of God. And you can hold on to your self-control. To not let yourself fall down into that path of turning or backing away. From the direction of God. Amen. Amen. When God presents us with an opportunity. I'm sorry. The word teaches us that we are to hold on to the soundness of our mind and to rebuke that fear. Fear is an attack from the enemy, church. Fear is an attack from the enemy trying to keep us from making that impact in the world. The enemy puts fear in you to intimidate you, to get you to stop in your tracks so that you can't make that impact. So God can't make that impact in you and through you. But just know that you have the power and the authority to rebuke that fear. No matter where you are right now in your walk with God, God wants to to uh, wants to and can make an impact in this world through you. you got to break that mindset that God can't use you. God can use you. Say to your neighbor in the chat, neighbor, God can use you. Say to yourself in the chat, God can use you me. Start declaring it over your life right now. It starts right here. It starts right now. Make the choice. Make the decision right now to stop feeding into fear and to stop letting fear feed into you. And make and be willing to make that impact and allow God to make that impact in you and through you in your life. Amen. We make that impact by listening to God planning with God, strategizing with God, executing the plan, executing the strategy according to the time of God. Seize every opportunity, church, to make an impact in your community and in someone's life. Never turn down that opportunity to share your faith. Never turn down that opportunity to share your testimony. Never turn down that opportunity to give someone food or to give someone clothing or to help them in any way that they possibly needed, even if it's just in the form of a conversation, even if, if it's in a form of just a prayer or just for you to listen to what they're going through. Never miss the opportunity, but seize Every opportunity that God puts in front of you. So lastly, I say this to you. Get ready. Be ready. Make an everlasting impact. Say that to your neighbor. Neighbor, get ready. Be ready. Make an everlasting impact. Church, did you receive this word on tonight? If you did, give God all the praise, give him all the glory and honor right there in the chat. I pray that you guys receive this word on tonight. I know that it definitely was a blessing for me to be able to share, teach, and preach it to you. And uh, I definitely look forward to hearing your guys' feedback and um, as to what you thought of the message and how the message related and impacted you and your life personally. Amen and amen. Um, all right, church, before we end our worship experience here on tonight, we never like to end without first giving you the opportunity to get your heart right with God. It maybe this is your first time hearing the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe this is your second or third time. Maybe once upon a time you committed your life to Christ, but you kind of steered away from the faith, backsliding into the ways of the world yet again. Whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance is tonight, I invite you before the throne of grace. The word of God says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died for your sins, that on the third day he raised to life and ascended into heaven, and you proclaim these things with the word of your testimony, the word of your mouth, then you shall be saved. Don't put it off any longer. Maybe you're that one person that keeps putting it off, saying that you, you're you not right, you're not there yet. Don't you understand that the Bible tells you to come as you are, sins and all? Don't you understand that Jesus says that he desires a personal intimacy and relationship with you. In fact, he tells us this in the book of Revelations chapter 3. In fact, he says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. Will you let me come in that I may fellowship with you? The question I ask you tonight is, are you willing to let go of this world? Number one, are you willing to repent, turn away from your will to sin and with every fiber of your being, Pray and seek after God and and, and and resist those temptations to the best of your ability that you may come closer in your walk, in your relationship with God. The Bible also tells us that no man knows the day nor hour of Jesus' return. Doesn't matter what your situation is. It does not matter what your circumstance looks like. I tell you what Jesus would tell you. Come as you are today. If you wish to commit or recommit your life to Christ here tonight, click on that raised hand button there in the chat. Let us know that you are taking that stand, that you are making that decision here tonight to commit or recommit your life to Jesus Christ. And after you click on that raised hand button in the chat, join me in this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. I confess that I'm a sinner, that my sins are many, that my heart is naturally sinful and wicked. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe on the third day that you raised to life. You ascended into heaven, and you are soon to come back again. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I surrender my life and its entirety over to you. Make your home in my heart this day. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive it now. In your most holy and precious name, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.